Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Blister Podcast. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, the founder of Blister, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. The X Games Real Ski Competition is an invitation-only event where some of the top skiers in the world go out and put together a 90-second street edit. Now, the creativity and talent level that's on display in Real Ski is always pretty mind-blowing, and we've talked with past X Game winners and fan favorites like Magnus Granier and LJ Stranio. And now, today on the show, we're talking with ON3P skis athlete Jake Majo, who, in his first-ever invitation to Real Ski in 2019, won the Fan Favorite Award, and then in his second year, Jake took home the Real Ski 2020 gold medal. Jake, aka Mr. Mango, is definitely one of the most interesting and stylish skiers out there, and in our conversation, I wanted to have Jake walk us through what really goes into filming a 90-second submission to Real Ski. If you've seen any Real Ski videos before, you know that these edits just fly by. And I think it's really easy to fail to appreciate or understand all the work and thought and scouting and effort that goes into producing such a short segment. So Jake and I talk about his approach to Real Ski 2020 versus his approach to Real Ski 2019. We talk about scouting and settling on locations. We talk about the mind flip. And I think that's what we are officially calling this now that Jake puts down in this edit and more. And while you're listening to our conversation, we've put links to Jake's Real Ski 2020 and Real Ski 2019 edits in the show notes to this episode, so you should definitely check those out as you get to listen to Jake break it all down. Now, just before we get started here, I want to give a shout out to the conversation that I had with the free runner Dominic D. Tommaso, aka Dom Tomato, over on our Off the Couch podcast, because I think it's really interesting to listen to this conversation that I have with Jake here today on the Blister podcast, and then listen to that kind of in conjunction with Dom talking about his own approach to settling on spots and getting into a kind of proper headspace to go execute a really difficult movement or trick. Together, I think it makes for a really interesting pairing of listening to two very high-level athletes talk about how they go do what they do. And then the other thing, you definitely are going to want to listen to the last Bikes and Big Ideas podcast. It is a conversation that I had with the basketball legend, Bill Walton. Bill is a top 50 NBA player of all time. He is one of the greatest college basketball players of all time. And I promise you, Bill Walton loves bikes and biking more than any of us. So you should definitely go check that out. It was a pleasure to talk to Bill. That's over on our Bikes and Big Ideas podcast channel. So check that out. But now, let's go ahead and get to my conversation with X Games Real Ski Gold Medalist, Mr. Mango. Here we go. Well, Jake, how are you today and where are you today? 
I am doing great today, and I'm in Salt Lake City, Utah. Been here for the last couple months after finishing filming, and it's a gorgeous bluebird day. One thing I think that I have come to learn about you this week, I'm going to say it's safe to say you are more of a morning person than like a night owl. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you're able to see that part of me. But yeah, yeah, I'm very true. Okay. Uh, I think this might be the earliest... I've ever recorded a podcast. So, you know, cheers, cheers to you for breaking me into, uh, you know, breaking me out of my old routine. Okay. um, Right on. Well, thanks for doing it this early. It's, this is what works for me. It's always kind of funny, right? I think, um, if we're thinking in stereotypes, I don't know that we think of like awesome street and urban skier folks kind of being up at the crack of dawn and like wanting to just get into the day. Is that, what do you think? Are you an outlier kind of in the community? Or are you like, no man, everybody's getting up and getting after it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I see where you're coming from a lot of times, but I also, I stopped like, I don't like skiing at night really when I do the street thing. So getting the early start in the morning was always pretty nice. And then uh, now I'm just in a habit because I got work going on. I'm going yeah. driving to Wyoming later today. And then it's nice just to have the full day of like when you're going to get a shot, like to have a full day of setup. If something goes wrong, you got more time. You're not working against time. You're, you got all the time. <laughs> this is good. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, like, I don't know, wise people like Ben Franklin or whatever the cliches are about early birds getting the worm and that type of thing. It sounds like you're, they'd be <laughs> proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I guess if we go back to the street skiing aspect of it, it really comes down to just what spot you're going to. If you're able to wake up early. I'm also very proud of myself. Cause I think I've got your last name dialed in terms of pronunciation but yeah. here, here. You can check me. Okay. Uh, Mejo. <laughs> yeah. That, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well That's pretty done. good. Well done. <laughs> that was actually extremely impressive. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's done that without some. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great last name. And uh, can you tell me a little bit about, I don't know, what origins, ethnicity type oh, of thing of Mejo? It's French. That's the only thing I know. I don't know much about my heritage. I just know I'm a mutt. Uh-huh. <laughs> and my last name sounds French a little bit. It's very sweet. Like yeah. if, like if if they kind of rebooted James Bond, <laughs> I think that we may we I'd want to maybe nominate Mejo. <laughs> I think it's, it's pretty good. So, uh, so you get style points yeah, right off the name. Thanks. I think you're set up well. Thank you. Well, listen, man. I know we had actually been interested in having this conversation, kind of before this past ski season even started. And um, I had been talking to Scott Andrus at ON3P and we're like, you know, it'd be really interesting to talk to Jake. And then I actually think maybe what happened is at the time you were really kind of thinking about and starting to work on getting stuff together, probably at the time in terms of locations for real ski. So we didn't end up having that conversation. The season goes through, 
um, spoiler alert, you end up winning Real Ski, but the announcements for this kind of take place right as we're about to get into like full-on COVID-19 pandemic stuff. Oh, right. And then it was like, I kind of felt like, wait, what happened to Real Ski? And we still haven't talked to Jake. So I kind of like the opportunity to circle back on what, you know, with the world kind of falling apart at the time was a really cool thing and a really impressive uh, showing you made of this Real Ski 2020. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was. I didn't really put it together, but it was like just days before we had to like basically shut everything down. Yeah. <laughs> so interesting. I know. Wild time, right? Right. This is funny too. You know, we've got this kind of this series we started at Blister called like Up and Coming. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's either going really well or it's not going very well because the last up and comer we wanted to talk to, Isaac Freeland, ended up winning the overall free ride world tour. So at that point you're like, I don't, does it still count? I'm not sure. I'm not sure this is up and coming. So when we were first looking to talk to you, you had come in to real ski, um, you know, had been invited to real ski in 2019, walked away with a fan favorite award Mm -hmm. and we're like, well, that was well-deserving. And, you know, lots of arguments can be made about like, maybe Jake should have been on that podium first year in. Uh Uh-huh. Then you come back 2020, then you win the whole thing. So once again, we might be bad. Our timing might be bad with this whole up and coming thing. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe maybe it's good though. You just keep picking people and they'll keep succeeding. (laughs) There you go. So it's like an omen. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I like that. Yeah, or we just change the title to like people who've won big stuff. (laughs) It's not as catchy really, but we we might be headed in that direction. But... I want to hear a little bit about for you coming into Real Ski 2019 versus Real Ski 2020. How different were you thinking about the features you were looking at or the prep between year one and year two? Uh, honestly, quite a bit different. My first year was felt pretty blind. Like I, I was like, I don't know. I felt like I was in a in a really big uh, <laughs> position where I was like pretty unexperienced. So, like I obviously had ideas that I wanted to do, but I wasn't I was not ex- as experienced, and I didn't take that extra time really to set things the way that they should have been. And hmm. lots of spots they worked out fine, but then it got to like certain spots where if I were to take that time or really thought it through of what was worth it, I would have maintained health throughout the whole thing probably. And that was like my biggest thing that I struggled with last year was just being hurt so often. And then only having like small periods of time to ski here and there. Well, first of all, this year we had more time. So I was just like, and I knew I was going to do it like all summer long, yep. which was another huge thing. Um, but once it started, I was working up in Park City for like a month. And then we just weren't getting too much snow and then ended up getting snow pretty early. And I just had been sitting here and like finding some spots that I wanted to hit. So everything just got to like marinate 
way longer and I got to think it through and just took my time. And I guess, yeah, going from the first year after giving it my all and like some talk about spot choices and whatnot. So this year was a little bit different. Knew I, I wanted to hit some like bigger stuff that maybe wouldn't take me like three days of trying the same thing, but just like to grab my balls and like make sure it's everything is built right. (laughs) (laughs) I tried to keep like some of my original style in there, but also looking back at the video, I can tell like, it's like, yeah, that, that does look like an X games video. Not really my video. Huh? Of wait a sec. You're talking, you said you're saying that of 2020. Yeah. Yeah. 2020. It's funny. I know I've heard a little bit about that. Hey, you know, between the 2019 and 2020, like we want to see some bigger hits. Right. And I'm like, well, going back, man, like as I've been looking back at the 2019 and 2020, I'm like, really? Like who? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whose reaction to the 2019 was like, this needs to be 30% bigger? <laughs> yeah. I, I just was like, I, I mean, I like it, frankly, the idea that like, Maybe a different way to put it is I don't watch the 2019 video and think Jake probably can't go big. That right. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. So that I think is kind of funny if that is what the, uh, well, obviously the fans didn't necessarily agree with that. But if that was kind of the primary reaction to 2019, I guess I should yeah. be a real ski judge. It's interest, interesting. I don't know if it exactly was, but I kind of felt that. I mean, I, I don't know. The real ski judging too is such a hard thing because everybody sure is everybody's dealt with so many different factors and then the judges are only given so much time and it's more of a like a art piece in a way I don't know it's not like it's not like a standard format competition where you're all dealt with similar obstacles on the same day you know like you get to choose everything but that's also why it makes it cool I think yeah. I want to go back for a sec to talking about kind of picking locations. Talk a little bit about, like on the one hand, how much in your career this is just something, like if we were hanging out, right, over the last five years and we're going (laughs) to the mall, are, are you the type that like, if I'm driving in a car with you, you're like, your head is always on a swivel? (laughs) Like, yeah. look at, yeah, yeah? absolutely. Okay. It's just like second nature now. It's so funny. It doesn't matter really where I'm at from in the wilderness and my head still like can't stop looking everywhere. Or if I'm in the city, same thing. So I, I guess my question, my primary question though is, was that just always true or did that get a lot more true once you were invited to real ski, you know, for 2019? Hmm. It's hard to think back that far, to be honest, but I knew, I mean, I was, I was for sure looking around, but I would imagine that it became more of a thing the past two years Yeah. <laughs> of like, especially, I don't know, I don't know, trying to look at spots differently. It's like, what if, what if we could get away with being on that roof or, <laughs> <laughs> but you never know. I was also thinking the other day, it's like for the amount of things built that I get to look at driving down the road and for the percentage that we could actually hit, it's like 0.01% of buildings and structure that we can actually ski on. Yeah. I feel like 
driving through the city. Do you currently have like the number one spot you're eyeing where you're like, well, that's either terrifying or maybe it doesn't go, but man, I can't stop thinking about that spot. I I think, I mean, I've really wanted to go up to Quebec the past two years. So there's some spots up there that have been on my mind, but I'm actually, I can see the building um, that I jumped off for the end shot of the real ski. Yeah. It's like a block away from my, the house I'm living at right now. <laughs> that's pr- that's pretty cool. Yeah. Every time every time you see it, you just think, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. It is that's cool. Pretty... Yeah, and, and every time I see it too, the parking lot's just filled with workers. So I'm like, wow, that's incredible. It worked. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things along these lines that I really enjoyed. I don't know if if you have the the title of the video was a little bit generic. Like it still said sort of like real ski 2020. But it was a video where there was more of you kind of looking at specific locations oh, and yeah. talking about them. What What's the name? What should we call that? Introduction. It was kind of like the introduction and then it goes into my part. We'll put up a link um, in the show notes to this episode with that because I thought that was super cool. And yeah, right on. One of, my, one of my favorite moments in that intro as you are – you're sizing up a, a roof shot. Yeah, that's the and one that I'm talking about. I can see that. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> it's so great. You you have this line. You're like, you know, I'm looking at this thing, and then I was like, whoa, that looks possible, kind of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, if we were to rename Real Ski, I think that would should be the name. Like, yeah. whoa, that looks possible, kind of. Uh, <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, that, that kind of sums it up. Yeah, true. The other, my only other bone to pick with you in that intro is um, you claimed that walking up on the ladder to that oh yeah to that spot was as scary as the jump itself. And like Jake, I'm just gonna say, I would walk up on the ladder, but I'm not following you off the roof. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I I mean, I've had. Many people I know have fallen off ladders and broken both their ankles. And that was uh-huh. like, since there was no, there was no snow on that section. So it was just like straight to dry concrete. And it was like 20, we rented a 26 foot ladder. And then man, it was, I don't know, probably three or four feet off the wall. But it was like completely to the top of the roof. So like getting up there was just like a bouncing board of, and like you're holding your skis, climbing it with yeah. one hand and slippery ski boots. <laughs> like it got better, but at first <laughs> it was definitely more terrifying. How many times do you think you did that walk up that ladder? Uh, quite a few actually. I couldn't quite put it, maybe around 10. I ended up uh, popping my shoulder out, hit before I landed it actually. So I just like was under like some adrenaline was like okay we need to get out of here and kind of stopped it as quickly as possible and it like no probably not good to hang around a spot like that for too long (laughs) (laughs) were you just folks coming being like get the hell out of here no 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 not actually it's it's in a neighborhood um onto like a hair salon from like a joint orthopedics place which is kind of funny (laughs) um but we picked like a it was like uh Sunday around the holidays and we were like up there by sun like I was on top of the roof by sunrise. Wow. The sun was coming up. So 
people were like pretty quiet, but, and I think like they just were confused to see us like up there. So nobody really cared. But also I never, like never had anybody um, actually in the past two years, kick us out of a spot while filming for real ski. Anybody that has come, which only the first year somebody was not okay with it, but we kind of just talked them down and they were okay with it. But this year, only happy people. <laughs> only happy people. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, super cool. I want to ask you about a different spot in Real Ski 2020, the dam. Yeah, that's a good one to talk about. Yeah. I mean, the whole segment in your your edit, I don't know, maybe it lasts five to 10 seconds max. But in terms of like the prep. <laughs> yeah, that was the biggest. That's what I was kind of curious about. I think like for some of us, you know, you look through, you're like, man, that was a crazy trick. That's a crazy trick. That's sweet. But like to just have you talk a little bit about the prep on some of these locations. And I thought I wanted to hear the story about the dam because I was like, what's up with that? That, <laughs> that, uh, there's probably a story behind this. Yeah, for sure. So at that time, I, well, I had, I go back to that dam like every year <laughs> just because it gets snow early and I always end up thinking of something new I want to do on it. But at the time I was living up in the big Cottonwood Canyon, which is where the dam is located. And I was just subletting a friend of mine's house and... So it took me like five minutes to get up to Brighton and that that's where that dam is at. And so I just went up there and had it in my head that I wanted to do that. And if I built the snow high enough, I knew it would be possible. But it spent four days total, like four full days of no bringing skis, just shovels and tarps. And then I spent two days up there by myself. Each day spent like no less than four hours of just like shovel in and then by the last day it was either the fourth or fifth day I went up and I brought my skis and brought the tarp and I was just by myself and just got it like looking real good just kind of realized I was like whoa like <laughs> it's already it's like set up right now and did a little like walked up around the dam put my skis on like climbed over the railing and just did like a bomb drop into it and it, was, it felt like, I don't know, it was weird. It was cool because I was by myself and it was like storming out. And I was like, I just put like so much time. And I was like, if it's going to work, <laughs> it's going to work right now. And it's going to be perfect. And it uh, sure enough, like go down and not too much G's, just like hauling ass. But it like was pretty damn good. And so then I like, got so excited, ran up to the other part of the dam where it's small because the dam, you know, it comes to the bank and uh, mm -hmm. the drop just becomes less and less. And I built like like an identical lip and like a similar just like landing that went out that same direction and just practiced that hand plant to forward. Like I did it 10 times in a row perfectly to my feet and then was like, okay, like, I didn't mess up once. I can, I can go for it. <laughs> and then I went, I slept on it, obviously, and I had like to invite everybody up the next day. And like I was like doing that hand plant in my room, like obsessing huh. over it, just with 
you know, like, because I was, I was really scared I was going to start rotating too much and coming into the transition, like, not sure if I'm going forward or switch, you know? Yeah. I feel like that's where, like, I had to just make sure everything was squared up for injury prevention stuff. And was the thinking, like, I'm good being forward, I'm good being switch, but just don't no, end up sideways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, like, so... And I, I came to the conclusion, like, I want to be forward for sure. So, and I kind of, you have to, like, counteract the movement a little bit. So, it, yeah, it was, that one was, I only hit it four times, I think, that day. Because I also had a weird thing, like, some friends knew I hit it, and they kind of gathered up, like, a squad of people that I was unaware about. And uh. on the last hit, the one that I used in the video, like I wasn't paying attention, but by the time I like went out the in run, like all these homies are there just like going crazy. Hmm. I don't know. I kind of think like if they weren't there, would I have tried it again to see if I could do it better? It, I, I don't know. It was good that they there and I didn't go up and do it again, but it was, it was weird. It was a surprise. And then also was like super, super good energy. Cause like I was extremely excited about riding away from that one. And, and yeah, so it, it worked real good and it was a group effort to make that happen. Yeah. But that landing, so we tried to do, um, I don't know, an estimate. We looked up the average cubic foot um, of snow, the weight of it. And we came up with like 22 tons of snow moved for the landing now working this landscaping job we're moving rocks and you know like you get a yard and it's like whatever 2,000 pounds 3,000 pounds and when we moved through all of that (laughs) and I think and I'm like thinking about the dam I'm like fuck like shit that was 20 like I don't it had to have been an insane insane amount of snow but yeah it took four days of just uh harvesting and moving snow it and also that Throughout those four days, it took like a two week span of shoveling because of I went back to Oregon. I got Scott's company car to use for real ski. And then I was so I started the build and was just obsessing over it. Like, I'm sure if you talk to him, he would remember, like, I was just talking about it. Like, oh, I got this damn. <laughs> I don't even I don't know. <laughs> but so just like. I had to think about this thing for way longer than I really wanted to. Because, yeah, we didn't have enough snow at first, too. So we had to wait for, like, the next snowfall for it to get more snow. Yeah. It's funny, man. These real ski edits, they're, in a way, so short. Oh, they're so short. There's so much impressive action going on that I really really appreciate this. I love this uh, chance we've got here. It is like kind of hit the pause button, slow it all down for a minute and like just do a little bit of the behind the scenes work because it's funny, right? Like right. we're used to, we're used to going to watch movies and it's like a big feature film, whatever Hollywood thing and it's like 3 hours long and you're like, yeah, man, that sure took forever to do. But I think sometimes in these like, you know, 90 second clips, it's like bang bang done. Whoa, that was wild. Great skiing. And it's like, wait a sec. Like there is so much calculation and and manual labor yeah. that's going into like setting this stuff up. So it's really cool to hear you kind of walk us through some of this. True. Thank you. It's uh, nice to talk about kind of. So 
I'm curious, like, I'm guessing from what you've just said, we've talked about kind of the the first kind of roof stuff, the roof spot mm-hmm. that you were doing. Then there's the dam. Talk a little bit about your headspace. So, like, I'm guessing there was a lot more prep with respect to the dam, 22 tons of snow or whatever being mm-hmm. moved. But cool, everything's set up. It's time to drop. What What's your headspace like between, talk about those two different drops. It's like I'm talking to two, two of me and I only listen to the one that is talking to me like 90% of the time. <laughs> so like once I get to that point, I like have crossed my T's and dotted my I's and like made sure everything is squeaky clean. I don't know, I'm still learning, but like this past year, like just make it safe first, as safe as you possibly can first, and then and then you can whatever, change it if you need to. But I just, I don't know, a bit breathing was like a big thing of it. And like the dam, like I, I just like had to trust myself. Like obviously I had like butterflies and whatnot, but I had put so much time and thought that I was like, I, I got this for sure. It was just like a confidence thing and definitely like babbling back and forth between like like what's smart, what's right. Like I, I just want to be safe. That's what makes it fun. And like, I don't know, when you're scared, your your senses are working like more. So, so it's just, just got to trust. So, and we're just talking, we're just comparing these two, the roof and the dam. Okay. Or, or I guess maybe we open it up more generally. Like, would you say that by the time you've done the prep and the work, the heads, your headspace is pretty similar? Like at the start, you know, right before you drop. You know what I mean? Or is yeah. it like, well, that's, I guess, what I wanted to know. Or if you're sometimes like, ah, sometimes it's like 10 out of 10 confidence. I know I've got this. Right. Sometimes it's a six out of 10. Okay. And at what level do you just say like, nah, I'm good today. I'm I'm not, I'm walking away right now. The roof, the last spot, you, you picked a good one for this because that was like the only spot I think throughout the whole thing that I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. And like I had, since we were, I mean, we were at the spot, like Ollie and I were there at five o'clock in the morning. And then we had picked up a met Dadali from his brother's house at six so that he would get up on the roof with me and help me get... I mean, we didn't even know what he was going to do, actually, at the point. And then Quinn, Wolferman, Ferdinand Dahl were staying at the house I'm staying at now and just walked to the spot early morning. They actually helped set up the landing the night before, and I was not there. And Ferdy was like, bro, like, if uh, you don't feel perfect about it, like, don't feel bad. Like you can just not do it. And I was like, yeah, like, thank you. Thank you. Like, And we just, whatever, we already rented our ladder and got up there. And for some reason in my head, I imagined the roof to not have like such a big lip that like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I was just expecting it to be a flat roof, <laughs> Yeah, but there is like a four foot lip on the corner. So luckily I had a Met and Quinn to, they came up onto the roof with me and I, had I had a drop in, which I was anticipating that to be enough speed, but we ended up putting the drop in like 10 feet in front of this lip 
that like was completely blind like since like the the railing of it is like up so I'm not really seeing I can only see like my little draw mark off the lip like I had enough time for them to do like a half-ass speed check because they were whipping me in on (laughs) toughies so I was like okay do this and like I was like okay like that there was definitely some speed there and I was like do you like you got more speed like you got more speed and they're both like yeah like for sure that was nothing and then was just like counted down took deep breaths and they just like whipped me and the first hit like landed up high up on that roof and rode away and like (laughs) i just remember so specifically my jaw just like dropped like (laughs) no way (laughs) like it, it just worked perfect like it was like no impact I mean, there's impact, but like nothing uncomfortable, like tranny, wall, lip, like besides it all being super quick was like quite incredibly on. <laughs> but that was the only time I was like, this might not work because that roof too is also that like slippery roofing material, that plastic. Um, when they, I don't, I don't even know. It's I know what you kind of mean, though. It almost seems like a kind of vinyl or yeah, like exactly. slippery kind of finish. And when you have your boots on, it's like you can't even walk on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Perfect. I know. <laughs> so luckily they had like their vents up there so we could put the drop in wedged up against that. But if it w- if the vent was not in the exact right spot either, uh, it definitely wouldn't have worked. Well, it's crazy how it all worked out. If you and I were going to watch your real ski edit now, right now, mm-hmm. what would be the trick or the spot where you would still, maybe against your will, kind of just have to crack a little smile? Like you still, you know, we sit down, we watch this. Is there the one thing where either like the goosebumps still kind of come or you're like, yeah, man, is it, is it one that we've been talking about here? Not necessarily. More so would be some shots in there that I would like to do again. <laughs> so there is no smile. There's just the like, ah, damn it, I could have done that better. <laughs> yeah, I, there's smile for sure. Yeah, more so just like a couple things that I would want to do again. But I mean, most of it is, I mean, yeah, it's all it's all smiles. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. But there's all, you know, I mean, like if you make something, you're always going to find something that you, you're like, ah. Yeah, it's a great. I you're right. I mean, I can very much see that, especially when you spend so much time. It's not yeah. like you know what I mean. It's like, damn, yeah. I, could, I could have probably done that better, but fuck. <laughs> it's funny, man. It's funny that you say that because on the one hand, like I just get to sit here and watch this, right? Right. So yeah. I'm in a I'm in the privileged position of being able to be like, that was wild, super cool, well done. But the dude who's actually making this, you, you don't get to just be like, well, that was sweet. It's always about dialing it and fine-tuning it and figuring out how could we have tweaked it or what could we maybe have done. And it's, you, you're, you're right to bring me back to that point. Like, no, man, it's, this isn't how you make anything good yeah. by just being like, oh, we nailed it. Sweet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it takes so, I mean, we like obsess over this stuff, like. Yeah. when we're doing it at least because it's a full it's just 
consumes your whole day. You come back, all you want to do is look at the footage and then you watch it so many times till you're like, this is whack. Like, <laughs> and then and then you watch it two weeks later and you're like, oh, okay, that, yeah, I, I like that one. <laughs> right, yeah. I got to ask you about the trick at 106. I just, I've been calling it the matrix. I don't know what you call it. Oh, but up the drop? Mm-hmm. You, so one, I know that you can do this trick because I've watched you. I don't know how you can talk about this trick. That I don't know what's going to be more difficult, the doing of it or talking about <laughs> it or trying to explain it. So I was like, this is the one thing before I let Jake get out of here is like, I want to see if he can tell us what's going on here. Yeah, so that trick came to mind La in 2019, I, I did the nollie mm-hmm. backflip and and so yeah, I just was like letting that one sit in like all summer, all fall, and then <laughs> I started um, just like practicing because my initial thought was like off the tails, some sort of frontward motion flip. So I just was like going on the ground, huh? Just like popping off like moving backwards obviously and like popping off my tails and seeing if I could get momentum going forward and um I like I mean like we're just like on the ground so I was just like popping my tails see how far I can land on my noses or like off a cat track see if I can belly flop and just like eat it you know but like see if I could really (laughs) feel that sort of momentum yeah finally that spot was later in the trip like I had been skiing in the Midwest for a while before I did that and basically just was like, okay, like I need to do this now. Like I can't put this off anymore. Like got to make it because I was, I mean, it was this kind of scary one. And this drop I did it off this year was quite a bit taller than last year's one. My whole thought process was I need, I I can't go super fast. And that was something that I learned the year prior at the Nolly backflip. Like I tried it one day and I was going, I had a gap to clear and I was going way too fast and I, I, it would get scary and dangerous. Like I wouldn't get the pop. It wouldn't be off the noses as much. And then uh, just because of the speed. So this year I was like, okay, I need this much speed. I'm going to go right past this wall. I warmed it up just doing like a couple like, off the tail like just straight airs like just getting a like pop off the tails because i want it i was like i don't want to do this flip and have it i can't have it like be anything less than uh last year's you know yeah so it just kind of came down to the one like the first time i did it was just like okay here we go like i made a super soft landing and i was going slow and when i popped like if I went straight forward, like my tails would have probably hit the wall, like flipping into it. So I just like turned my shoulder a little bit and like flipped parallel to the wall, you know, so that my skis weren't flipping into the wall and that I could be flipping like with the wall, like sideways. And like on the first hit, like you look and I'm so damn close to the wall. Like I'm a couple inches away from the wall. And like, if I don't turn, like I would have, cause I was going pretty slow, like not, not horribly slow, but like not too fast off of there. 
and just with like the counteracting motions like I'm jumping back into the wall not away from it after so yeah but that's what created it was just knowing that I was going to go slow and like turning that little bit like I still I in my head was like front flip like I just want front flip but the front flip like ended up going that way and once I go in like my left shoulder opens and my my hips just follow so it just like brings everything underneath but that first part all I don't know it's confusing too because I I put my I go off to the right I like go off my heels and I bring my toes to the right and then that like opens my chest so that I can like go left you know what I'm saying like it's kind of weird I'm like using my hands right now to look (laughs) at it (laughs) or imagine it it's it's pretty remarkable to be able to do something that you can barely explain (laughs) <laughs> you know, I think that that's, uh, I mean, and yeah, people should. Uh, the other thing I'm really interested in here is that the Nolly that you're referring to from the Real Ski 2019, I think my experience watching that is like, you watch that, the brain can kind of process it, and you're like, that is incredibly cool. This thing you're talking about, and this is why I find it a little bit interesting that you're talking about like, well, I did this thing in 2019 and I was like, how do we kind of level it up? Mm -hmm. They feel more different to me than similar. Word. Yeah. You agree or disagree with that? I mean, I see a bunch of similarities and know where it stemmed from, but I do like look at it and be like, that's completely different. Because, like, last, I mean, the the way I popped, like, there was no sort of pivoting. There was no, like, it was just all head over toes, like. Um, but this year was, like, a lot, uh, way more of a, like, cat-like move. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. That's where it came from. And, and just it, it did it did end up differently than I had pictured in my head at first. And that's also the beautiful thing. I was like, damn, like, I didn't expect to land forward, really on my first one because <laughs> and then I was like wow like that worked and I was like pretty mind blown by the way it looked and then I was like I, I got this better for sure and, and yeah it was a natural speed hit so it was casual what are we calling this I want to talk names I've been thinking up names unless you already what have you got? the name nah, I don't, I don't. no you go first you go you gotta go first <laughs> this has to have a name shoots I have no idea <laughs> That's amazing. You haven't, you, I can't believe you haven't given this. So I already told you at first, I, I literally wrote in my notes, like, I got to ask Jake about the Matrix trick. Okay, he's calling so, the Matrix. But then I was like, was that the best name? And I was like, I got to ask Jake what he's calling this. And then my only other contenders, CGI. Because it looks fake. It looks, I'm like, or I was like, how about we call it like Jake definitely cheated here, you know, or like Photoshop or I don't know, black magic or uh, my last one was uh, I'm a witch. That's all I got. Yeah, Yeah, Maybe just like the mind flip. Mind flip. (laughs) Okay, see, that's better. You you have thought, I think you have thought about mind flips real good. I haven't. You just... You just gave me some ideas. Mind flip. Yeah, that works, I guess. It does work. The mind flip. This has been a productive conversation. We named your (laughs) insane thing. Yeah, right on. I've never put a name on anything. Is that right? 
Uh, I just has never been. I don't care. <laughs> I like. I, I don't know. I've always like thought like, oh, nobody had done this one before. But like, who knows? Ten years ago, some dude in his backyard could have done it. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I got it. Well so you just, don't want to just keep yeah. doing it. I don't know if I've ever seen anybody do a mind flip before, though, Jake. So I <laughs> yeah, think you, I think that one maybe. <laughs> you can trademark that one, I think. I want to let you get going. Um, I guess the last thing I'll ask you about, I think it's really interesting how you kind of, you said earlier in this conversation, 2019, you're saying like, yeah, like that was me. That was kind of my style. Yeah, more 20, so, I would say. Yeah. And it's, that's a really interesting thing, I think, this like conversation about style in general. And like, on the one hand, what sort of feels like your style or what feels most natural versus, I almost think about this as like a really good dancer, right? It's like a dancer might have their own kind of style, but then a really good dancer, it's like, let's see your, let's see your salsa. Let's see yeah. your tango, right? Right, like, right. I, I, yeah, 2019 did seem to be a little bit more my style. Not saying that this year wasn't because uh, mm-hmm. it was, but like, again, like only one minute and 30 seconds. Like if I if I had more time, there probably would have been more of like, I don't, I can't quite put it on the dot, but if uh, you look back at like roasted video mm-hmm. or stain, I guess, and like, I don't know. I think you can see a little bit more of it there, but I, I guess it also, again, it comes back to never quite being fully satisfied. But I mean, I could ski on a curb for like an hour and have fun. So it's like, <laughs> you know, it's just really coming down to finding a cool spot, fun spot. And that's what more of it is. Like my style is just, I want something fun. And then every once in a while, I'll want to get really scared but like most of the time it's like just have something that's hard and a challenge but also like super fun and another thing is is like this year i spent so much time on building stuff like not every spot obviously but like a lot of spots was like i'm shoveling like a lot to be able to do what i want to do and i like really like the aspect of doing the complete opposite and like just being able to ski on what's there kind of like skate inspired style but uh and that was also one of the things i wanted to do with this past video that i unfortunately never got to but i i uh admire that part of street skiing a lot last question skiing and fishing we haven't talked about fishing. Yeah, uh, harmony. <laughs> <laughs> this, I guess, is not so much of a question other than uh, to say, I know fishing's a big deal to you. Yeah, definitely. Big deal. Yeah. I grew up fishing like uh, way more than I did. So skiing and it had always stuck around. There was never a time where I was like, eh, like I don't want to go fishing. Like Since <laughs> I was like in a, in a stroller, I was like strapped to the boat or whatever so and it like works as like skiing super hectic and when you're fishing it's like just such a hmm. it's like a therapeutic thing kind of in a way and just i don't know i live in i've been living in salt lake so when i get to go out it's like a 
huge breath of fresh air. <laughs> Which, speaking of, I'm going today and cannot wait. <laughs> You're going fishing today? Yeah, I'm driving to Wyoming uh, to go nice. fishing for a couple nights. Good for you, man. Yeah, lucky. Well, our managing editor here at Blister, Lou Kappa, I think his two favorite things in the world are also skiing and fishing. Yeah. And so um, <laughs> you've got an open invitation. Any t- I don't know if you've fished around Crested Butte or the Gunnison Valley, but there's some real good fishing here. Yeah, I have heard. And so open invitation, whenever we get past this whole COVID-19 stuff and whatever, yeah. um, you gotta, we'll put you up. You got a place to stay. Luke and some of his homies would be happy to show you some spots, but uh, come see us sometime and, and bring yeah. your fishing pole. Yeah, that sounds rad. <laughs> I'd like that. Well, dude, listen, this has been really fun. I, it's really fun um, to talk with somebody who's frankly doing anything at a high level. Certainly, I mean, these two real ski edits you've done have been at a real high level, and it's really cool to get a chance to hear you walk us through how these things kind of came to be. So really appreciate that, man. Yeah, no worries. Thank you. Well, hey, uh, good luck with everything. Good luck with the fish this weekend. And uh, look, look forward to talking to you again sometime down the line. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. All right, you take care. That's it for this edition of the Blister Podcast. Thanks to Jake for the good conversation. Thanks to Jared Farley for producing this episode. And thanks to you for listening. If you are enjoying these Blister podcasts, we would really appreciate it if you would take 30 seconds to leave us a rating in Apple Podcasts and be sure to share this episode with your friends. Finally, don't forget to check out our Bikes and Big Ideas podcast where I talk to basketball legend Bill Walton about bikes and basketball and Bob Dylan and the Grateful Dead and more. Thanks, everybody. Please take good care out there, and we will talk to you again on the Blister Podcast next week.